Good morning, everyone. I greet you in Jesus' name and invite you to open your Bibles to the minor prophet of Micah. I'll read a few verses from uh, chapter 6. Familiar, familiar verses. <clears throat> Micah chapter 6, beginning at verse 6. <clears throat> Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. This familiar instruction was first given to, to Israel, and uh, a nation of people that knew about offerings, and they offered offerings, but often there were, were some very serious things lacking in their lives that made their worship unacceptable to God. And, and the word of the Lord here from Micah said that you start at a different place. There's a place that you have to start from for your worship, for your life to be acceptable to me. And he has showed us what is good, what is good and best for us, and what is required of us. God asks of us that which is best for us, to do justly, to, be, to do right things, to be fair, to love mercy and goodness and kindness, and to walk humbly with God. Uh, one, one translation that I <clears throat> looked at was written, was, uh, was translated for uh, people who, for whom English is a second language or they're practically illiterate, and they, they tried to make it very simple. And they said it this way, walking without pride before your God. Another one said it this way, to humble yourself, to walk with God. What makes pride, pride? Well, one thing we know about pride is that it's self-promoting. We're, we're probably all familiar with pride and to some degree. It's self-promoting. You know, sometimes openly, sometimes kind of quietly and secretly, it wishes for attention, for approval, for honor, for praise, for admiration, for glory. Uh, sometimes it's uh, wishing that for somebody close to us, a family, 
in the family, a child, a husband and wife wanting, you know, it, it would feel good. Uh, but always the link kind of comes back to self. That the glory that shines on another close to me will be reflected on me as well. And always uh, there's this element of comparing with others. How do, how, how we measure up against others? Am I ahead of the rest? Do I stand out? And there's a tendency to be pleased um, for a proud person to be pleased if he's higher, if he's better, bigger, stronger, prettier, smarter, richer, many, many things. Or they imagine, sometimes it's just imagination, that they are really better in some way. And there are, there, there's sort of a, another angle to that also, and that is that one may feel that he doesn't measure up well with others at all. He's a disaster. Feels so. Instead of being admired, maybe he's ignored uh, or ridiculed. And he's distressed. Well, that's hurtful. But uh, part of that hurt can be from from pride. Uh, maybe in his heart, he really would like attention and honor and praise. And he's maybe even obsessed by it. Proud people don't always have something actually to be proud of. None of us do, really. But Pride is a problem in man. It's not, it's not a, it's a characteristic of the fallen man, fallen nature. And it results in contentions, divisions, um, class warfare, we've heard that term. Clicks, conflicts, hurt feelings, and often, often stresses, sometimes big stresses. And it can affect attitudes. It can affect fellowship, will affect fellowship. It affects words that are said and the way they're said then. It affects actions. It affects spiritual growth. And God said that he wants people that walk humbly with him. They're humble people. God hates pride. Pride is not good for us. It's mentioned by God as one of the abominable things that he hates. In Proverbs, it lists seven. That's one, a proud look. And high look, it says in another place. And the scriptures make clear in both the Old and New Testament that God does not 
bless proud people. Behold, I am against thee, O thou most proud. And in James, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. He helps the humble and resists the proud. Now, there are different kinds of pride. There, there is an, an open pride in your face, you know, just very obvious, extreme, shameless strutting around and preening self-promotion that's just embarrassing to watch. And there's also a quiet, subtle pride within a person's heart that may not be obvious to those around. But a heart that knows even that pride is not good and a heart that would not want to acknowledge that there's pride, but its thoughts and choices are sometimes uh, sometimes uh, affected by pride. Pride is a, a driver in there in, in some of those choices. Without God's help, without conversion, without cleansing, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. We know from the Old Testament uh, scripture. <clears throat> And that's true for us. That was a general statement about the fallen heart. But in a, in a proud person, the, the self, the prideful self, has an important place. It may be very prominent. It may be reigning. It may be only maybe a strong influence, maybe something that surfaces now and then. But it is an abomination. God hates pride. It grieves him to see evidences of it in, in his people. And it's something that um, he has taught us we should, we should watch and crucify and so I'm bringing this message this morning for myself and for all of us I don't see ourselves I mean I don't see our people as being proud people but I just know that uh, the tendency of our natures and I, I believe that when God says that it's bad, that it's bad, and that it's not for our good, and that the more humbly we walk with God, the more blessed we are, and the more of a blessing we can be. And, you know, you can go through the Bible and see stories of very proud people and I could have put a list together. Well, Lucifer, you know, pride was the basic problem with him and what brought about his destruction. And, and many characters, human characters in the Bible that were very proud. 
And there are also beautiful examples of people that were humble before God. Uh, we don't get a lot of insight into Paul's everyday life, you know, before he went to Damascus that day, like we talked about in our Sunday school lesson. But there was a, pr- a pride in his life. And, and uh, the man after Damascus was a new man. And instead of pride, there was humility. I want to touch on a few areas that people can uh, be proud about or think, uh, have prideful thoughts about. One is appearance. These are just common things that we all know. One is appearance. You know how we look. And people are proud to be beautiful. People are proud to be handsome, to have lovely smiles and dazzling white teeth. And uh, to have dark hair, to have blonde hair, to have special hair. Mine aren't special anymore. But to just look, you know, right. And... How I wish I could look this way, that way. How foolish to be proud of our appearance. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit into his stature? God made us. People try to alter, do alter the way they look. Often pride is the motivation. Attire is another one, the clothes people wear. Clothes that are striking, clothes that are sharp, fashion statements. You know, that's a big thing. It's an industry. Multi, multi, multi billion dollar industry. Proud clothing. Talents and gifts is another area. The ability to speak in public, to teach, to do well in school, to have a lovely voice and sing beautifully to be able to manage things, manage projects and run a successful business or many, many things. And people can be proud about that. But God says, what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? The New American Standard says it this way. And what do you have that you did not receive? But if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Or accomplishments. The job I have. The income that I'm able to earn. uh, The things that I have done. Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? That sounds pretty proud. That was Nebuchadnezzar. 
He was proud. It was also a stumbling block for Israel. And uh, you remember how God was uh, calling a little army to go against the Midianites and God told Gideon, you have too many people with you. And uh, his concern was that if he allowed this large army to go against the Midianites, well, it wasn't large when it ended, but lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, mine own hand hath saved me. You know, if this would go down, the story would go into the Bible story books, and Israel would uh, feel good about themselves. Look what we did. This is a nice part of our history. But by having a small army, 300 men, the story was very different. Now, there is a place for satisfaction in a job well done. And we hear uh, proud, I am proud of this, or proud of that person for doing this, and we don't mean it in this uh, sinful, prideful way that God is talking about. <clears throat> the, the word has changed some in its, its meaning. There is a place for satisfaction. Uh, Galatians 6, 4 from another translation, let everyone test his own work and then his cause for satisfaction will be in himself and not in a comparison of himself with his neighbor, which is where pride goes. You know, see how much better I did it than, than my neighbor. Or there can be a pride about positions. A problem with kings and authorities and managers and ministers uh, in the church even, in the work of the church, the disciples of Jesus, the disciples of humble Jesus were arguing about who is the greatest and the mom of James and John uh, came to Jesus and said, could my sons be on each side of you when you come into your kingdom. And the rest of them, they did not like that. They were pretty uncomfortable with the idea even of somebody being uh, advanced and being greater than they, that they would be back or have some other more lowly position than each side. They were pretty critical of that manifestation of pride. They were a little proud too. And Jesus said, no, no. Positions are responsibilities and opportunities, even obligations to, to serve others. Or there is pride of possessions. we must remember that what we have isn't ours, isn't lasting, and we give an account for the stewardship, our stewardship of it. People can be proud of their associations, be name droppers, have acquaintances in high places. Important people. You remember how Haman in the book of Esther, how pleased he was to have become a confidant of the king. 
poor man. That just did not work out well for, for Haman. And we can be, uh, people can be proud of their ideas and opinions, their thoughts. That happens a lot. The tendency to hold their opinions above others and push, defend. And disappointed when someone else's is better or is, is uh, considered better. And there are a lot of other things. Lots of things. That's a long enough list for our purposes here this morning. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, think a little bit about dealing with pride. Just some basic things that I believe really make a difference. And <clears throat> you notice in that scripture, walk humbly with thy God. Uh, something about walking with God helps our pride problem, helps man's pride problem. A proud person has a difficult time walking with God. So a person who is struggling with pride, well, it's true of any sin, true of, yeah, just life in general. Part of the solution is, is our fellowship with God. That's, that's a huge and central part of the solution to any problem. The better we know God, the closer our fellowship is with God, the less trouble we'll have with pride. Reading God's word. Reading God's thoughts. Somebody said this, uh, letting God's word read you. Absorbing God's thoughts. Romans 12.3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Not to think highly, uh, prou proudly of ourselves, but to think soberly, clear-headed, you know, realistically. And I believe that our focus on God and our relationship with God uh, helps us with that self-focus that needs to be crucified. So that's a, that's a given. <clears throat> and then I think as we, as we read the scriptures and as we come to know God, to acknowledge God in the different areas, the different characteristics of God as we come to know Him better and see the reality of who God is, that that helps us also to, put, uh, to see ourselves in, in God's perspective and where we really are. To acknowledge God as our Creator. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. 
That, that helps put us in perspective to think about that. God is our creator, my creator. It helps us to be humble. Acknowledge God as our heavenly father, the provider, the sustainer. Our father, which art in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. You know, to pray that prayer, casting all our care upon him for he careth for you. It acknowledges that we need God, that God is the one who provides. Really, we can put effort into it. We need to. We need to work. We need to do our part. Yes, it's not minimizing that, but acknowledging that it is God. God is the source. And and it is from God that we have our daily bread. It is God who sends rain on the just and the unjust. He provides, whether man acknowledges it or not. But when man does acknowledge it and expresses thankfulness for it, it it helps him to be humble. It humbles us. We worship God. To acknowledge God as high and holy. You know, reading the Bible, we see clearly God is holy. And we see our own shortcomings. We see our flaws, our sinfulness as we read the Bible. And we confess them before God. Like that publican did in in Luke. It's humbling. It's... uh, it's important that we acknowledge God for who He is and that we bow before Him. Acknowledge God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our salvation is through Him, not of works that we should boast. The Scripture says, I have need for daily cleansing. I have nothing to be proud of and so much to be grateful for. Acknowledge God, the Holy Spirit. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. There's spiritual progress. If there's spiritual fruit, it only comes through Christ and the work of his spirit. We have nothing to be proud of. Paul said in Philippians that there were a lot of things he could have been proud of and was, no doubt, at one time. But he said that all of those things that would have lifted him above his peers as a Jew, he counted those things loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. What a different perspective when we acknowledge God for who He is. And it's part of walking humbly with with Him. A third third part of, of dealing with pride is to be careful. I think we can be conscious, consciously do this. Be careful that we don't 
cultivate or nurture pride. Don't feed it. Don't provide a a hospitable environment for it in your heart or in your life. We can practice humility. It doesn't, you know, change our heart, but we can choose things that will lessen our struggle with pride. Don't do things for pride's sake. You know, identify the motive. If you know it's pride, don't buy for status. Don't choose or make clothes to impress. There are wrong things that feed pride. Stop doing them. There are questionable things that feed pride. And even right things can be done uh, for wrong motives. We should uh, ask God to help us discern our motives and confess wrong ones. Esteem others better than yourself. Express appreciation to others for their, uh, and recognize their accomplishments and successes. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. That can help us. I think it's part of walking humbly with God. We're walking with other people, too. Those are some things we can do. God also deals with pride. Uh, We mentioned Nebuchadnezzar a little while ago, and we remember how God worked in his life and brought him to his knees. Sometimes God jolts his people, his children, with reminders that they're not as big or self-sufficient or smart or important as they thought. And James says, let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he's exalted, but the rich in that he is made low because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. A proud person should be, uh, a, a once proud person should be grateful if the Lord humbles him, how much better off he is. In conclusion, there is a glorious freedom in walking humbly with God. There's a freedom, there's a rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus calls the heavy laden. Those laden with cares, with cares of the world, pressures and conflicts and unrest that pride brings to the soul. And he says, learn of me. He says, walk humbly with thy God. Learn about me. Learn to walk like I walk. Become like me. For I am meek. I am lowly in heart. I am humble. And we're to become like him. 
And if we do, and as we do, uh, we'll find rest and we'll find peace for our souls. We won't learn all the lessons in a day, likely. Uh, but we can learn day by day as we walk humbly with our God. Our sense of security and our sense of worth and our deepest satisfactions will never come because we're good looking or because of our wardrobe or our talents or our accomplishments or our positions or the things that we have or our social connections or our smarts and ideas. But the humble, those that walk humbly with God have found a true security and uh, worth that comes from knowing God, knowing that we're redeemed, we're loved by God, and that it is a privilege to serve Him and live for Him. We don't need to show off. We don't need to impress other people. We no longer want to be the greatest, but we long to be faithful with who we are and what God has called us to. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. And when we walk humbly with him, we can walk humbly with one another. And we can bless others. And we can bring glory to God. Shall we have a closing song?